Hello, this is the Sleep Mums A to Z's. A wander through the streets of parenthood, stopping off at allergies, development and occasionally the bad side of town. I'm Kat Cuby, parenting journalist, presenter and intrepid traveller. And this is Sarah Carpenter, child and baby consultant who successfully takes her clients, parents and children on a journey to the land of Nod. <laughs> Are we nearly there yet? <laughs> <laughs> This week, we're heading to the end of the alphabet for W and the wonderful world of weaning. We're joined by the fantastic Charlotte Sterling-Reed. Hello. Hello. Thank you guys for having me on. It's awesome to have you. Charlotte is the baby and child nutritionist, author and mum to her own two little foodies. She's worked with Joe Wick. She has a first class honours degree in nutrition and human biology and a postgrad in nutrition and public health. Wow. (laughs) Plus, she's the very successful owner of her own consultancy, SR Nutrition. I mean, what a CV. Oh, you guys, you've done your homework. (laughs) Amazing. Always. I pretend I'm like this kind of rebel, but I'm a, I'm a tall swat, really. <laughs> I love it. Oh, thank you. It's so, so rare for people to kind of know all that information. So that is amazing. You really have done your research. Thank you. Well, you are, I mean, you are so experienced and you've obviously had this huge journey into, um, into becoming a, like a serious expert with all of that. So tell, tell us a wee bit about why you are so passionate about baby and kids nutrition. Uh, yeah, so I, I love this topic. I really do. It is my favourite topic in the world to talk about. And um, I think it's because, you know, I trained in the NHS in um, this field. I worked with a, a dietetic team. Um, I worked with a whole team of nutritionists and dietitians, and they were absolutely incredible. And really, it was just such an eye opener to what a difference you can make to a child's life right from the very start. But also, the difference that you can make to a parent's life, you know, to make their, that journey that little bit easier to take a little bit of that pressure off to give some of that reassurance but also to support and give advice you know and I just I think I just found it such an amazing time to help change you know what children are going to eat and actually the impact that that can have on their long-term health and their life and meal times which is three times a day every day for families I just felt like it was just so dramatic and I did kind of dip my toe in other things so I worked with older adults and um, I ran lots of projects helping them to kind of improve their health in general and I also worked with um, adults and weight loss clinics and um, and kind of supporting in, in journeys and, and also did private clinics with, with adults too but I just always came back to child nutrition because I love it I love it and I just think it makes such a different families and I think that passion absolutely shines through and you know I think Sarah and I would relate to that a lot because you know sleep's a wee bit like it is that it is a massive cornerstone of of childhood and and it's an amazing one if you can like I don't not Mm. get it right but it's an amazing one if it works for you and your family and Mm. I was actually really thinking about that yesterday my kids are um three and five but you're still very much in that thing that you kind of like your the meals are the things that make your day and you base almost base everything Mm, around that absolutely and it is so funny it's so such an important part of your day it really is and this is it you know and I love food you know I'm I've always been a big foodie and you know I, I see lots of children grow up who who are fussy or who just don't like food and I just think it's such a shame so for me if I can help children to grow up loving food 
you know, my job's done. That's what I want to see is families, children, loving food and enjoying the food journey because it's such an important part of our day. You know, it's not only our energy and nutrients that helps us to grow and thrive and develop. It's also a social thing, you know, and it's also something that happens, like you say, three times a day. And I center, I'm always like, oh, if I'm going out, where am I going to eat? Or what am I going to eat? You know, everything is centered around, right, next meal. (laughs) And snacks. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, my kids don't just eat three times a day. I'm sure they have about (laughs) 10 meals a day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This has all felt very kind of like healthy and uh, lovely and I, I hope I'm not now turning into a bit of a gossip mag but you've you've worked with loads of celebrities as well not least Joe Wicks but Stacey Solomon, Rebecca Adlington, Millie McIntosh, Lauren Pope, all these folk. How did that come about? Yeah good question so um, early on in my career I um, I did a huge amounts of brand work and I still do work with brands now but um, possibly you know developing my own brand a little bit more but I've always worked with yeah. brands and, and companies and done campaigns and you know I just love it I love it. And obviously, pre-COVID, that was a huge amount of what I was doing, going out and about running sessions. And, you know, I, I worked with Deliciousiella, for example, on, on, the, on, you know, I think we were doing like a smoothie making session, for example. And, and you know, I just, I, I, I've always done things like that. And I think brands quite like to have the nutritionist. And the celebrity. So I've always kind of gone along as the nutritionist and then met with loads of celebrities. So I've worked with people like Dr. Christian Jessen and, and Victoria Pendleton and, like I say, Delicious Ella, Darcy Bustle, doing those kind of events. And I've always loved it. I've loved, like, the glamour and the, you know, the kind of everyone goes all out when you've got a celebrity joining you. So I've just, I love that. But um, more recently where I've been working really specifically in this field, um, I think, you know, I started working with Joe and um, Joe obviously helped to raise my my profile. And I think from there, I've had lots of other people who just just recognised me and where I've got more followers and followers have maybe recommended to people like Millie and Lauren and um, Lucy Meck, for example. Um, and then maybe they've come to me with a few yeah. questions. And Millie, I worked fairly closely with, and Laura and I did some some lives with. But obviously, Joe, I I worked with him for you know a year and a half, and still in contact with him now. So um, yeah, I mean, he's amazing. He's really, really done me so many favors. He's just been incredible. He's so generous and kind, and he's really helped to boost my profile and help get my name out there, which has helped to make sure that I can spread information to you know lots more people so yeah that's that's it. it's all been really varied but I've I've really loved it and uh, yeah it's been great exactly that's what I was going to say I mean obviously it's really super fun and can be really glamorous to work with you know celebrities or people in the public eye but essentially when you have a cause that you're passionate about and you Mm. want to get information out there you know it's amazing to have that as a kind of conduit to sharing that information and that's sort of the most important part Exactly that, exactly that. And if I can help them and they can then pass that information on, which is what a lot of them have yeah. done. You know, I've done Q&A lives with um, Millie and and, um, and um, Lauren, for example, and, and they've always gone really well and been seen by loads of people. And I just think that's so important. If, if, if the work that I do can help give parents confidence, you know, again, my job is done because I think confidence is everything when it comes to weaning and offering kids food. And absolutely, we would agree with that in terms of sleep too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, well, let's get into it then. So Very exciting. So weaning, it is a wee bit of a minefield. Like so many things in parenthood, it feels like there's this very right and a very wrong way to do it just a wee spoiler there usually mm-hmm. isn't. Uh there is so much information out mm-hmm. there and like lots of the things we talk about, people can have really firm ideas about weaning. 
but it really doesn't need to be a food fight at the start or obviously as kids grow it's just what we're saying it's so important um and obviously there's literally no one better place than you to take us through all these big weaning questions so <laughs> let's start at the beginning with the basics when to wean you would think this would be quite a straightforward one given the guidelines mm-hmm. but as Sarah and I often say guidelines are just yeah. guidelines so Charlotte, when should you start weaning Okay, so um, I totally, totally agree with you, by the way. I think there's so much information. It's almost too much information out there. It is overwhelming and people feel like there is a right or a wrong. And and I just, there just isn't, it isn't like that. Obviously, there are foods that you shouldn't offer. And obviously, there are times that you shouldn't be giving your baby food. But, you know, generally, if you're, if you're thinking about it and you're worrying about it, you're probably doing a really, really great job. So try, you know, take the pressure off yourself a little bit. But um, so when it comes to when to start weaning, well, in the UK, we tend to say around six months um now the around is really important okay and uh, there are other countries that don't necessarily use that terminology but in the UK we're very aware that you know we have access to safe food and um you know we also are very aware that children reach milestones at different times so not every single child is going to walk and talk and crawl and say their first word at the same time. And it's the same with weaning. Um, However, we do need to make sure that our children are developmentally ready. So what we normally say is try and look for around six months of age, but look out for three main signs of readiness in your baby. And this would be that they can can sit up um, and they can hold their head and neck steady. They can see food. They can pick it up and bring it to their mouth by themselves. And number three, they have less of a tongue thrust reflex. And that essentially means that they'll be able to swallow more food than they spit and push back out with their tongue. So you want to look for those three signs. The third one is a bit difficult, obviously, but if you kind of put your finger on baby's lips and they they are pooding their tongue out quite far, it might mean that as as a reflex action, they might not be quite ready. And I actually kind of practiced this with Ada, my my daughter, um, and I did notice between four and six months, that reflex definitely started to lessen. So just kind of like giving giving it a little bit of time practice and trying to look out for those three signs happening all together, ideally. I think that's a very important thing. There is this sort of feeling, I think, that, could, you know, we have six months in our head and that mm. that is like this real line in, in the sand. Yeah. And kids develop at slightly different stages mm. and things. So, you know, that around is so important because the developmental changes that are required mm. will come at different stages yeah. and will be, will be needed for different babies at different times. And I think flexibility is so important here, you know, it, it, you know, you just I, I I've worked before like for example one of the celebrities I worked with um a huge amount of backlash for saying that she was going to start uh, you know a little bit early I think it was two weeks or something maybe three weeks early um um and you know I I very much worked with them to make sure those signs of readiness were there but there was so much backlash and you know people were saying you have to start at six months on yeah. the dot, on the day your baby turns six months. Exactly. Like, what, like, what, in what world is that the right day for every single baby, you know? And I'm not advocating early weaning. I'm not advocating that, you know, milk isn't important. Um, what I'm saying is that we have to have flexibility. We have to allow some kind of, you know, as long as parents are following those guidelines and looking out for those signs of readiness – some flexibility and some actual awareness that you know what us as parents we're quite intuitive as well we can tap into our own feelings about this and and work out as long as those signs are there as long as your baby um coming up to that age that 
it's okay to start a little bit earlier if you think your little one is showing all those signs. Oh gosh, I couldn't agree with you more. It's so important. Like I speak to so many clients who, you know, have got themselves in such a pickle because they have, they've come to the conclusion that, you know, a couple of weeks earlier is going to work for them. And then, you know, they might have mentioned it to grandparents or friends and they get so much backlash and you can just see their anxiety going through the roof. And it's so sad that people are so judgmental still of everyone else's choices or they've been at a parenting group and, you know, so-and-so has said one thing and -and so-and-so said something else. It's horrible, you know, Mm. just, and it does affect everything. You know, that anxiety Mm. just builds and builds just through, sheer judgment and it's also the case the other way as well you know and um, a lots of because you know in the past it was recommended at more like around four months and um, actually when they recommended it at four months they were finding that people were introducing soy foods much earlier so they were actually introducing it around three months which is too soon you know mm-hmm. um and you know there wasn't that kind of looking out for those signs. So lots of um, older adults and lots of, you know, grandparents are often saying, oh, you must start at around four months. You know, you must start with baby wise at four months because that's what we did. And it's like, well, guidelines change. You know, we we know a lot more. We've had a lot more research since then. So actually, we're going based on the current research. And like I say, I'm not advocating early weaning. I'm advocating looking out for those signs of readiness, looking out for your baby being ready. Um, if it is super early, obviously talk to a healthcare professional beforehand and trying to get it as close to six months as possible is ideal. But, you know, I can say intuitively, don't listen to anyone else. You know, it's so difficult, isn't it? And there is so much judgment. You're absolutely right. And sometimes that can be really unkind and totally unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Too. Totally. Yeah. There's a bit of controversy as well around how to wean, you know, and people do have their different ways and methods that they want to do it. So what what do you sort of do you follow one guide or are you quite open to the different methods? <laughs> so good question. <laughs> Obviously I've got my book um which is called How to Wean Your Baby, and I talk about this very much in my book. I talk about the fact that baby led weaning is really popular, which is essentially where you allow your little one to self-feed. And pick up pieces of food and sort of feed themselves and just roll with it. Um, another method that is possibly thought of as more traditional is kind of spoon fed. So you start off with foods off of a spoon and, um, you know, maybe they're pureed and you allow baby to kind of have those foods. So, and there are a bit too school of thoughts on this. You do have your accounts and your kind of people who recommend baby led weaning. And I've actually had people come to me saying, oh, my health is as like, I mustn't start any other way. It's got to be baby led weaning. Um, And, you know, other people who've been like, oh, you know, I'm really nervous. I want to start with the kind of purist. But it's just a really it's a it's a kind of area of of weaning that is so full of judgment and nervousness and controversies. And, you know, for me, I am very much uh, why not to both? absolutely no reason why you cannot go in with both of those methods together and when I work with Joe actually really interestingly at the start of my working with Joe and um, we were sharing you know started sharing some small bits on on Instagram on his weaning 15 page and he was getting feedback from a couple of parents who were saying oh my gosh Joe you can't re- recommend both you know it has to be one or the other because you'll confuse baby because they're more likely to choke if you do that 
absolutely no evidence for this at all. And essentially what that is, is people who love and follow that baby-led weaning method kind of trying to push it out and say, you have to follow this method. Um, there is no reason why you cannot do a best of both. It can be reassuring for parents who are a bit nervous about it. It can also be... Um, I like to think of that as the more baby-led way because actually, do you know what? Some babies really take finger foods. Actually, some babies really quite happy and more comfortable in the early days with having some food off of a spoon poo. So offering both gives you ultimate flexibility, allows you to have a really wide variety, allows you to take the pressure off yourself and not feel quite so anxious. And it allows your baby to guide that journey, which is what baby-led is supposed to be all about. Mm -hmm. So I'm a massive advocate of saying, is what you want if you want baby led go with it if you want to start with purees on spoon go with it but you know what at some point combining the two of those will be really really beneficial and that's the method i try and push is the combined go with what you want because that is what's so important and again we're building confidence here and if you're not confident with starting with finger foods let's not put, put pressure on parents to feel like they have to because they don't your ideology is, is so similar to Sarah in terms of parenting. And I think it's I think it's so, so important. And I think anecdotally, it is what most parents do as well. It's just that we have been forced into these different camps, whether it is weaning or any kind of different parenting. Um, but actually, the reality is we all just do a little bit of what what we need to because it it's what works and you know also this idea of baby led weaning isn't a new thing like you'd ask my mum and dad and they would say you know when I was wee they'd shove me in the high chair and they'd give me a bit of bread whilst things were getting on but they would still be doing purees and stuff so there is they were essentially doing Mm. this combination thing and I'm sure generations before were the same yes we have advanced our understanding of in terms of nutrition and really what babies should be having but that kind of basic level of, Mm. of how it happens it, it, you know, it is, is, I think, for a lot of people, a combination. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And, you know, I, I've, I've found um, since working on Wean in 15 and since working on my book that I do think a lot of parents are more comfortable. When I first started out on Instagram, there did seem to be a lot more to sides of it there was kind of the mums who went ahead with the puris and there was the mums who were absolute advocates for baby led yeah. weaning and I really do feel over the last couple of years like I say since working with Joe since Joe was weaning Indy since um you know, having my book and and you know doing lots and lots of uh, advice around this I really feel like actually the combination approach is really popular it might just be with my audience because they're already getting the advice from me and maybe out there there isn't so much but I really do feel that um you know a lot of parents actually quite like that method it's just much easier and so much more kind of natural than than it having to be a certain way and I, th- I think there's also that slight benefit. My, my experience with my own kids, funnily enough, my eldest is called Indy as well, um, <laughs> is that um, giving them something to entertain themselves with whilst you are trying to, you know, whether it is a spoon or it's a cucumber stick or a breadstick, for, for them to feel mm. part of the process at the same time, whether you're doing purees or other things, is a really important thing too, because you want to involve them in their ownership of, of eating as well, I think. Mm, absolutely 
Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, it's skill development. And they're also, you know, learn, they're also seeing the food that you're eating. And also they're seeing the food in its real form. So they're actually learning like this is what cucumber tastes like. This is what it looks like. This is what it tastes like. So I completely agree. Like, I think finger foods are really important. And, and I think, you know, when you start your weaning journey, if you go in straight, you want to go straight in with finger foods, great. A lot of parents mm-hmm. don't. A lot are quite nervous and want to start with that puree. And that's fine. It will build your confidence. It will make you feel better. But finger foods are an important part of that journey. So after a week or two weeks, then definitely a good idea to get those finger foods involved too. Um, because it's so important, like you say, you know, can copy you they can learn from you they can be eating similar foods to you and it's such an easier way especially I found with Ada my second it's been so much easier to be giving her pieces of food because I'll be like right what am I making Rafi they can have pieces of that so rather than making something completely separate it's been so much easier to do that and it is a really easy nice way of doing it but as I say it doesn't have to be black and white like this way or that way it's sort of just a and with Ada honestly sometimes I'm um you know she started to want me to feed her a little bit more from the spoon whereas at the beginning she was absolutely not having it so we sort of do a bit of her feeding herself pasta we do a bit of her um you know her um having some pieces of finger foods and then a little bit of me feeding her as well and it's kind of a combination of all three um and yeah it it works for us i think something that i've found as well with a lot of clients who have gone down the baby led route um they've then got to a point where they've then started to panic that actually baby's not getting enough on board that way um and so i've encouraged them to actually puree things and spread it on things so you know they've pureed all sorts mm. of different combinations yeah, and then just spread it on the mm. toast or spread it on the rice cakes and things like that and it's really boosted mm. their confidence just seeing both options yeah. going in so it is hollandaise on toast was always a winner for <laughs> <laughs> which i actually really like as an adult <laughs> yeah 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 add a bit of toast garlic a bit of oil a bit of salt <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I really, I found that with my daughter, like, it's so much slower doing it in the led way. And it really is. And I think that's okay, because we want to, the whole point is it's intuitive, it's following their lead. Um, but I don't totally see it is intuitive. And quite often, it's like, you've literally got like most of the food on the floor. Um, so it is a slower journey, it is a slower process. Again, giving parents confidence, a bit of both, and, you know, some food in a puree, some food off the spoon, some food baby led is, is the way, basically. <laughs> in some ways part of folk not knowing the answer to the first two questions and we have touched on this a wee bit is that it's all about these guidelines and how much they have changed over the years and actually the fact I think that they are different in different countries so if you have family that live elsewhere or you know you've lived other places it can be quite hard and I guess we live in a much more open and global world so you know particularly on social media and things we're interacting with people from different places so it it can be really difficult to know what to do where to follow let alone as we said you know everyone's granny who seems to try and feed the six week old porridge or chocolate or actually as I saw in hospital once iron brew that is definitely going to be a Scottish thing I know Ah, and so why have the guidelines changed so much so so it's interesting you say that because actually they actually haven't changed that much and um, we just think they have because you know quite often you know people change the way they do things they, they have I mean it's really difficult to kind of say because first of all yes it was sort of start off with baby rice and um, 
you know, start maybe a bit earlier, around, more around, around four months. But since I've been working in this field, we've been saying more like around six months. And since I've been starting this field, we kind of said about kind of starting with fruits and veggies. So it's not really that different. And that was, you know, 10, 10 yeah. 12 years ago now that we've – so it has been quite a long time that we've been saying this. And even things like messages around supplementing babies with vitamin D, that's been going yeah. for like 10 years as well. But actually a lot of these messages don't get across or, you know, people who are giving out information to parents firsthand aren't yeah. trained in this. So maybe they have got old advice. So I just think it can be really confusing. But you're absolutely right about the, the information also abroad being really different. And this is one thing that I actually find really hard because on social media, you've got, you know, people all over the world. I mean, I've had people buy my book in New Zealand, in Sri Lanka, in, you know, Hong Kong. Um, so all over the place, there are, you know, people following these guidelines. So and I will quite often get people come and say, oh, God, but, you know, spinach isn't allowed until they're two or right. you know, something. Yeah, it varies from place to place that you go to. And and the same advice, you know, on when to start weaning is different and on how to start weaning, you know, baby led versus, you know, starting with purists varies from place to place so much so it's really important to try and you know get a gist of your own guidelines because there might be reasons why and for example in Ireland they don't recommend babies have um water that isn't boiled and cooled first until they're one whereas in the UK whereas here in in England we tend to say um you can have uh, water that is just straight from the tap from six months so it's yeah. confusing it is confusing and it is a problem. And I, I'm actually working on a blog at the moment and I've actually been working on it for months and months, which is looking at, um, you know, guidelines wow. everywhere and, and what's being said in other uh, other parts of the world. That would be a beast. So no wonder you've been working on it for a while. Absolutely, absolutely. And how that compares to here, because I think it's important. Um, and I, ultimately, you know, I can't advise someone who's living in Hong Kong who's saying, um, oh, the rules are slightly different here to follow follow what I say all I can do is say this is the rules here and I'm really you know you have to make up your own kind of idea idea on, on what parts of it you want to follow and and reasons why but you know um it is tricky it's really tricky because social media is universal so um, but I can only advise on you know based on my guidelines that are given in the UK and then of course you can adapt and be flexible and you know like I said that kind of parent in, intu intuition where you're working out you know is this sensible so for example the spinach thing this has been something that's troubled me for a while because in the UK we we have a lot of research that recommends kicking off the weaning journey with yeah. vegetables, um, and there is research that suggests that that could be beneficial for helping your little one to accept those flavours and enjoy more of a wide variety of food. And it's one of the reasons why I love going with the veg led method. Um, again, whatever you decide is fine, but this is just something that I yeah. tend to say that it's a really good method to follow. Um, yeah, you know, one of the foods that I often recommend is spinach in that. Um, and lots of other countries will say, you know, not lots, but a few other countries will say not until at least yeah. a year. And the reason for that is because spinach can contain nitrites, which if consumed in large amounts can be a bit dangerous, just like anything, really. If you're eating large amounts of anything, it's not yeah. going to be good. Um, again, Unless you're you know, in the UK, we more... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is fine, obviously. Um, but in, in, you know, in... Um, in the UK, we check the levels of nitrites in our food. It's monitored quite, quite rigorously. We also would be making sure that, you know, children are only having tiny tastes at the start of weaning. They're not having huge bags. Um, and also, we always drum on the fact that variety is important. Um, so I think that, you know, 
taking all of that into account, there isn't going to be a risk if your little one is having small amounts of spinach every now and then as part of their general variety weaning journey. Um, but other countries have different rules for their own reasons. So, um, you know, all I can do is go by our guidelines. So, sorry, I probably added more confusion to parents than is needed. But ultimately, no, I think it's I about, think it's important yeah. because I th- there might be a feeling like, why don't we just bring everyone's guidelines into line but you can't really homogenize mm-hmm. them because as you say there there are diff- you know whether it's mm-hmm. the water taps are different as a very basic thing or you know water purity is yeah. different that's going Absolutely, to be different in different yeah. countries how food is processed yeah. in different mm-hmm. countries is yeah, different exactly. you know and, and grown, grown and where yeah. we get it from and so yeah. you cannot do a kind of across the board thing and so it's yeah. about as you say really you know nice. trying to be informed but also kind of in your own country um and also just being kind of sensible about it I mean you know I'm, mm. I'm delighted my kids love spinach actually they love spinach more than some other veggies but they, yeah. they eat it raw they don't like it cooked I love that yeah <laughs> and I've got a wee question which I, Sarah and I've spoken about before but again this kind of I should maybe have asked it at the outset when we were talking about UK guidelines in terms of when to start. But there is also a wee bit of jubiety, and I guess this is the whole thing around six months, about 24 mm. weeks or six months. Like, yeah. and, and some folk who are sticking very much to the guidelines will be like, all oh, right, well, 20, I've got to 24 weeks. And then the kind of real hardliners of this six months are like, no, 24 weeks is not six months. Yeah. I mean, I guess we've sort of spoken that through, but, you know, is, is there anything around that or does it not really matter because it isn't a firm point? This is this is it. It's exactly as I said at the start. It's, it's, it, it's not necessarily about counting down those weeks. It's about looking for your baby signs. So that's why, again, the guidelines are yes. around six months. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, so not worrying yeah. about a date you know picking that up and you know I know there are lots of parents who do do that who are literally counting down and being like oh well she's six months on this day so again it's just so much more about looking out for those signs of readiness thinking oh around six months but you know starting days and maybe a week or so before week or so later you know fine Mm -hmm. um but looking out for those signs that's what's really key I think, uh, you know we've we have touched on it a wee bit but a parent's comfort is important in this because you've got to to as much as you can with your messy floor enjoy the process as well and you've got to be a wee bit of a cheerleader for them because they are taking cues from you so if there are things Mm. that you feel uncomfortable with which is why you know as you say if you are really keen to just do baby led or really keen to do puree and that is what is going to work for you and your family you know Mm. go go for it because you've got to bought into and if for you starting on that date is is the thing that will give you comfort then you know unless there are medical reasons I suppose that's that's okay as well yeah I mean if you're ever unsure you know that's what your health visitor is there for really genuinely to go and to give you advice on this kind of stuff and obviously the advice that we give out that the NHS have on their website is blanket it's you know for everyone and there are going to be some discrepancies there might be babies who are born prem or there might be babies who have some you know developmental slowness for some reason and in any of those situations you need to speak to your whoever you've been working with you know throughout your baby's life which for a lot of mums right now has been almost no one um but you know trying to get support before if you've got any of those questions is so key because this advice is just really general but even you know even for babies um we still would say you know try and look out for those signs of readiness rather than just counting down numbers necessarily but yeah if ever in doubt it's always good to speak to your GP health visitor or any healthcare professional you've been working with. Mm-hmm.
So a lot of the parents that get in touch with me repeat the mantra of food before one is just for fun. And obviously, you know, we would never say differently in the terms of milk. You know, we know that milk is definitely the most important thing. But do you agree with that mantra? And how do you deal with it if you're faced with that? No, I don't like that mantra. Now, <laughs> no. I, all it needs is a tiny tweak and I'd be on board with it. Okay, so food mm-hmm. before one is just for fun is not accurate. And I have actually had lots of backlash from parents when I said I don't like it because they're like, well, it reassures me. So you're taking away that reassuringness from it. It's not scientifically accurate. It's not factual. Food before one is not just for fun. Food before one should be fun. Yes, absolutely agree with that. Food should be fun. It should be enjoyable. But it is not just for fun. And I'm really, you know, I am all about reassuring parents and giving them confidence. But I'm also about not about saying something that's inaccurate. And it's not accurate. You know, food before one. It's also important for um, giving nutrients, you know, offering iron and zinc that actually baby won't be getting enough of from their milk. Um, It's also important for helping baby to be exposed to new flavours and new um, taste of food. And that variety early on before one is so important for them accepting a variety of tastes. You know, in America, they're massive fans of the kind of hundred foods before you get to one um, because variety is key and variety has been shown in research to be really important for more of an acceptance of a variety later on. So, um, you know, so key you know if you're waiting until one before you give your baby any flavors you're missing a really big window of opportunity it's also important for the development of texture you know babies taking textures and again research shows that we need to be making sure babies are having lumps and pieces of food by around nine months of age before 10 months ideally um Again, this is for them to be able to learn how to bite, how to chew, how to swallow, how to take pieces of food and developmentally work all those mouth muscles and, and learn to do that. Um, it's also important for, um, oh, what's my fourth point? <laughs> I've forgotten now. But, um, oh, yeah, for, for learning to, to self-feed, but helping them to learn to feed themselves. Um, and that's not it. There's so many other small, tiny little bits that it's important for. So saying to anyone, food before one is just for fun, it just isn't accurate. And like I say, I have had mm-hmm. I have had parents be really cross with me before for kind of taking that away from them. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and I reinsure in, in so many other ways it is it, you know, you go at your baby's pace and, you know, try not to put that pressure on yourself. It is important for one for more than just, uh, you know, more than just milk. Milk's important too. But actually, yeah. when your baby gets to about 10 months of age, you would be expecting that the amount of energy and nutrients that they're getting would be um, more coming from food now than from milk. Yeah. Um, you know, between around 10 and, 10 and 12 months, that's what you'd be expecting to see. Milk intake starts to slowly mm-hmm increase and food intake start to go up a little bit and and if that isn't happening and if baby is still almost solely on milk that is not okay like we would be wanting to try and change that around a little bit or work with that parent to try and make sure that they're being able to slightly reduce those milk intakes to build up some appetite for food um you know without saying that milk isn't isn't important because it absolutely is um but i hope that makes Mm -hmm. sense you know and i hope that you know doesn't take away that reassurance (laughs) No, not at all. I think it's so, so important to get that point across because, like I say, it is something that, you know, when I'm sort of working with parents, it comes up a lot and it's, yeah, it, it, it's never sat right with me yeah. either. So, <laughs> I, But I love that yeah. wee tweak because I actually, I think you retain that, that element 
of being like this should be a fun thing for you guys yeah but it takes away from it being this kind of binary that's Mm -hmm. all it is yeah that's all yeah exactly and you know people do want to hear that that it is just for fun and I do get that especially you know with my daughter Ada um she is so much more baby led because that was what she wanted and I certainly noticed in those first couple of months that I was like you are literally hardly eating anything so you know for me I was like well I know she's getting a lot from milk I also know that that development the practice of, of getting them into food it doesn't mean that we can ignore food you know even if your little one is still having much more milk and food that's okay you know get them checked make sure their weight's doing okay but carry on with that practice getting them to have food and have fun with it and you know make it a really important part of the journey um but you know it doesn't take away from the fact that food is important and uh, basically i think that that message gives parents the kind of okay to say Mm -hmm. oh the food doesn't matter you know it doesn't matter i can just give them milk so you know I'll give, I'll give them a stick here or a stick there, but actually, you know, it's, it's the milk that's important. And, and that isn't necessarily the case. We want babies to be starting to learn that process of food and taking it and accepting it. And it might be slow, but we need to start encouraging it, um, you know, and not just dismiss it. And I think weaning can be a bit of a scary change for parents as they mm. approach, you know, whether it's on or around six months, because, it, you know, milk has been the one thing and then it can be like yeah. super daunting and, and there can be an element of being like oh I just want to stick with the thing that I kind of understand and also which may start be now kind of working whether it's in terms of sleep or other things that they're like okay I've kind of got that routine I know what I'm doing now and then you're throwing yeah. this other huge thing and oh. and so I definitely you know I know Sarah knows and I, I I know folk as well who have just kind of a wee bit of avoidance with the whole weaning thing because mm. it feels too much yeah, and absolutely, you know, I, I do talk about that in my book. I always say weaning comes at just mm-hmm. the wrong time, really, because, you know, six months in, most of us have started to suss out some kind of sleep routine, hopefully, um, <laughs> unless you've got an Ada. Um, but yeah, you, and that's you when you get in touch of... <laughs> with Sarah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you started to suss out kind of sleep routine. Um, you know, you started to get to grips with this tiny human that you are solely responsible for um, and and you're just going okay I'm just getting into swing of parenting six months in boom food and it's like a whole nother spanner in the works and I do really feel I think it is a really really difficult um, you know, time and, and that's why I do what I do that's why I write you know hundreds and hundreds of blogs on my on my age and obviously that is exactly why I wrote my book as well because I was like I know parents want step-by-step guide they want handhold information they want retail and not just kind of very general so that's exactly why I wrote my book I do yeah it's so important because I think you know people do this like Kat said you know they avoid it but they also look I know from sort of sending out suggested schedules they'll look at the schedule and they're just like I can't do this you know it's that absolute panic of how am I ever going to leave the house again if I'm doing milk feeds doing weaning um, solid feeds and and it is just panic and it's that sort of lack of understanding of how it all works so it's like you say it's really the hand holding and step-by-step guides that they need I think it's a bit of a surprise as well for that. It can be a short period depending on how much baby is eating or even just the, the kind of how, how um, yeah. into it all baby is. But that for, for, that slight, for that period of time when you're introducing meals and still doing milk and then introducing snacks, it can literally feel like every half an hour you're giving your baby Absolutely. some sort of sustenance, which makes it feel Absolutely. like the newborn days again. <laughs> 
I, I honestly, I found with Rafi, I was so overwhelmed and shocked by, by that. You know, it was like, wake up, play, feed, feed, you know, sleep, play again, feed. It was just so much. hot. And I was like, when do I get a minute? Like, when do I get a single minute? And honestly, I used to take my son out all the time because I would be like, well, at least if I'm taking him out, I can breastfeed him in the car. I can get him to sleep in the car. I can be out and about. And he was such a good sleeper. I'd just lift him from the car to the pram and he'd be oh, like, the dream. <laughs> yeah, absolute dream. And then I'd be like, right, let's go for lunch and someone else will clean up because I, I had to do it because I would just go mad with this constant like routine. And then you don't leave the house. I, I, I honestly, I really really do and I always say to parents believe me there is a time when your baby is on three meals where you, and you're still having quite a lot of milk where you will be going oh my god I am tied to my house I'm tied to my baby there is nothing you know um it's so so hard it really is but they do start to drop naps or they start to become a bit more regular with their naps and you'll find that they do start to drop a little bit of that milk during the day so eventually it starts to level off and you end up with much more of a kind of three meals a day with a milk feed made maybe either side in the morning and the evening and actually it becomes yeah, more manageable totally, doesn't it totally really and it, it, it's a short period of time but it does not feel like it at the time yeah exactly <laughs> We recently did an episode on allergies as the prevalence seems to be getting greater in little people. So what's your experience of that? And do you have any tips for weaning an allergy baby or establishing if indeed there is actually an allergy there or not? Yeah, so I mean, allergies is, is allergies and choking are the two main concerns I think that parents have when they start weaning. Um, and again, I've covered this in so much detail in my book because of that reason, because I wanted to make sure it was really reassuring from those two levels. Um, there's a lot of new research when it comes to allergies and we now instead of recommending delaying introducing them there is actually recommendation to introduce them early on Um, and specifically with the main allergen try and get those introduced by 12 months of age ideally Um, and the reason for this is because there's two really big studies and the eat study and the leap study as well as some smaller ones um that essentially were, you know, looked at introducing allergens at different stages to babies and found that earlier introduction could be really important for actually reducing the risk, especially early introduction alongside repeated exposures to those allergens. Um, it seems that that is what is actually preventative in terms of that allergy development. Now, some babies are already going to be born and going to have some of those allergies. So um, if your little one is um, has already got an existing allergy or is is um, has moderate to severe eczema that's been going on for quite a while they are at risk they're at more of a risk of having allergies um it doesn't mean they definitely will at all it means that they are more of a risk baby but you can also have babies who are not at risk at all like joe's indy and um, she reacted to cashew nuts she was not an at-risk baby at all and she still developed an allergy so they can still develop it but um the advice is to try and get some of those allergens in early now there is a step-by-step guide and again i've got this in my book on in how to introduce them because ultimately you want to introduce them in small amounts early on in the day and it's the only new food that day. So if there is a reaction, you can tell. And then ideally leave a couple of days gap before you introduce another, a different allergen for baby. Um, now, how you go about this varies. And it's certainly, I would say, if your baby is at risk, then ideally you want to try and speak to someone before you start weaning or as early on in your weaning journey as you can, because they can help you to introduce that safely. But you want to really do that with guidance 
support. Um, yeah, so, so and I have I have people who I work with who I refer into who who can do this kind of hand holding and introductions. Um, but if your little one is at risk, it's definitely good to try and get that in early. You still want baby to be developmentally ready for solids, but you might need to be starting very soon with allergens um, for those babies. Um, it's really complicated. It's really hard to be able to kind of all of the information but that's a brief summary and like I say there's info in my book I also have a blog on introducing allergens during weaning which should help too I feel like I'm about to open another massive can of words but I think it's important we probably touched on it a wee bit because we actually just did an episode on reflux too because often reflux babies are encouraged to wean a wee bit early and and I don't mean to be tying it in with allergens but um, I guess it's another medical thing that can affect weaning Um, uh, any advice? Yeah so I actually Ada was a reflux baby Um, she's thrown everything at me (laughs) Um, um, I've got one of those (laughs) the girl too yeah there we go so many people have said that it's the girls um yeah she is such a she, i honestly think she is gonna absolutely get us give us a real run for our money because she is utterly exhausting now she knows what she wants you know i'm just like oh god i'm in for it um <laughs> i'm so scared about the teenager <laughs> i know i know good gosh um yeah so reflux babies it's a difficult one because actually like you say lots of people do recommend weaning early um there actually isn't a lot of evidence for this and so you know i i, I would never go above um any other healthcare professional especially if you're working with someone closely who knows your baby i would never be saying ignore their advice but what i would say is question them ask them why if there's someone's recommending you to introduce your baby to food early because of reflux reflux do ask why because actually i think and i've worked with a dietitian who um who's written actually a blog on my website about reflux um you know her thoughts is that it's kind of just been something that people say um and kind of just rolled out so all healthcare professionals seem to think early weaning might be helpful but actually there isn't a lot of evidence that it is um and even if you do introduce weaning early you still need to be looking out for those signs of readiness in baby so we still want to be able to see that baby can sit up hold the head and neck steady see food pick it up and bring it to their mouth by themselves and, and have less of a pan thrust reflex we still want to see those signs we wouldn't be wanting babies to be weaned if they are not developmentally ready if they can't sit up properly if they can't hold themselves and concentrate on their hand movement we don't really want to be weaning babies so um i would be saying ask them about their developmental signs ask them why they're recommending early weaning and get support the amount of times i've had parents come to me and say oh i've been told to wean early but i don't know what to do what do i start with you know what food should i offer how should i do it my baby can't sit up so do i need to strap them in you know and i'm like well the person who's told you to wean early has to be giving you more support and advice if they're telling you to wean early they need to handhold you through this a lot more because you know i can't advise on anything medical and i can't go above any other medical professional giving advice and i wouldn't do that um so you go back to them and and (laughs) which is sometimes hard because they're often reluctant that's what that's what needs to be said ideally that's that's really really interesting Our letter this week is W for weaning. It can be such an exciting time for parents, but it can also be daunting and messily frustrating at times. You can end up offering the same spoon of food 10 or 20 times and then still end up wearing it. (laughs) It can also be a bit of an unsettling time for your baby as they learn a new skill, which in turn can then affect sleep, which is totally the opposite of what folk said would happen. So, Take it slowly or not that slowly, I guess, but take it slowly for yourself. 
and be prepared to be in it for the long haul too. I think that's, you know, once you've started, you're in it. So you may as well try and enjoy it. It's the start of your child's journey into food, which is such an amazing milestone, as we've said. We can't promise it will be smooth dining from here on in. My two have literally just decided they don't like peas. Who doesn't like peas? Peas is such a great one. And on that, I think that's so important. Don't expect it to be smooth, but actually opposite. Expect it to be full of ups and downs because that is normal. And that is what we would expect. So that's okay. Absolutely. We can't promise it will be smooth, but we can promise that at some point you're going to consider getting a dog to help help you clean up the floor. Thank you so much to Charlotte Sterling-Reed. That was so informative and it's just such a huge and fascinating topic. So thank you for taking us through it. And also clearly, you know, a massive source of information on your website, on your blog, in your book. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. I've absolutely loved it. And I I just hope it's helpful. And I still do hope it's, you know, confidence boosting and reassuring because that is genuinely my aim. Definitely. You can find Charlotte on social media at SR underscore nutrition online, of course, on our website uh, and all those fantastic blogs we've been hearing about. Uh, you can also find out more information about her consultancy at srnutrition.co.uk and check out her fantastic book, which I'm desperate to go and do, How to Wean Your Baby. Right. Oh, thank you so much. Thank <laughs> you, guys. <laughs> thank you so much. It's been brilliant. Honestly, we've loved it. Yeah, loved it as well. Thank you. All this chat about food, I think it's time for some food. <laughs> Look after yourselves and sleep soon. Thank you, you too. Take care.